We are back at it, finally. Another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. We've been on hiatus this summer, but we're back, and we're back in a big way. We have a special guest today, but first, joining me as always is Kyle Porter. Kyle, what's up, dude? Not much. We have been on hiatus. Uh, people were, were asking for some more pods, as they should be on Twitter. Um, I've been all over the place. I was I was up in Oklahoma last weekend, uh, meeting with with some of the guys for a, a really good and fun uh, summer summit. Uh, you were unable to make it because you were working, but uh, I, I'm I don't know. I feel like I'm at the point of the summer where it's been a lot of fun, but I'm also kind of looking forward to the rhythm of uh, the fall and and just kind of doing the same thing every week. Yeah, this week is about the slowest week of the year typically when it comes to sports obviously we had paul george and stuff here up in the city but normally this is kind of the slowest time of the year and we're just about once media day happens then the countdown really kind of gets gets cranking then we're we're talking more and more about football so i'm kind of like you i feel like we're we're going up the little the hill on the roller coaster We haven't quite reached the top. I think once we get to media days, we'll reach the top, and then it's just full speed ahead after that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We haven't talked about Paul George. How, how has that been covering that? It seemed uh, it seemed exciting. Like I think one thing that people, um, I don't know, people look at the media and they're like, oh, you should, they basically look at us like we should be robots. And it's like, no, like we like exciting things. And, and I feel like for you, I, I don't know if it's been – too much excitement but it it seems like it's been a really exciting thing in oklahoma city well it's exciting because now the thunder are a contender again you know i mean how much of a contender i don't know we're we're gonna find out but it it was pretty surreal i was at like the they called it like a welcome party not necessarily like a press conference yesterday yeah the whole thing was surreal because you know Brian Keating and I at Channel 5, we, we talked all, like, going back all the way to, like, January, I threw out the idea on Twitter, like, man, what if they could get Paul George, you know, what if they traded Oladipo and Adams to get Paul George, that would be amazing, like, just dream scenario, and then there he is standing there talking about playing for OKC and playing yeah. for the Thunder and playing with Russ, it was just, the whole thing's been kind of surreal, how it all came together, and just completely out of the blue, and, and yeah, like, I want to cover like relevant basketball. Like they were fun last year. Russell won the MVP, obviously, but they were sixth in the West. Now I think they have a chance to be two or three or four, or maybe even you know maybe even the two seed. And I think I think they're very well equipped to actually give the Warriors a fight because they, they didn't even put up a fight last year when they played them. So it's it's an exciting time, and even if it's only for one season, it makes the Thunder great again. So make the Thunder great again. How how much fun would a Warriors Thunder Western Conference Finals be? Oh, uh, it'd be just absolute insanity <laughs> i mean you you thought the cupcake game was out of control last time wait until they're playing for a chance to go to the finals oh the crowd my be like. gosh it would be it would be incredible did um, you see did you see uh peyton manning roast kevin last night on the espies yeah it was pretty funny was was what's your opinion was was kd in on it or was he like well i don't know it was weird right it was a weird reaction yeah i thought the reaction was was more funny than the actual joke oh yeah just kevin's face like i think kevin didn't want to i don't i don't know what he was doing if he just if he just like laughs doesn't it go away like immediately yeah but just slight chuckle maybe well and that's the thing like i don't know if he was like playing it up because his mom was sitting next to him and she the whole thing was odd I, i i didn't really understand like what was happening but it was the funniest part was him cutting to Westbrook afterwards. <laughs> He's just muzzling himself. 
Um, well, yeah. So, so thunder going on this summer. Uh, media media days have not started, but uh, the Big Twelve media poll and and all Big Twelve teams have been released. Um, any any surprises for you? OU picked to win the league. Oklahoma State picked to finish second. Uh, OU got 19 first place votes. Oklahoma State got 12. One of them coming from PFB, and uh, Kansas State got one. How about the guy? How about whoever picked Kansas State to pay, to finish first? Well, you were about to ask me what the surprise was. That that's the surprise. Like who, who's picking Kansas State to win this <laughs> league? I mean, I, I love Bill Snyder. They're never to be underestimated. But you're picking Jesse Ertz over Baker Mayfield and Mason Rudolph. That's that's essentially what you're saying. Yeah, not not good. Um, Stupid. Do, how much stock do you put into the preseason media poll? Is it is it dumb? Is it fun? What what do what do you think about it? Oh, it's pretty much put OU at the top, and who cares about the rest? I mean, that's that's what it is every single year. So I don't I don't put much stock into it. It's it's something to talk about. It's something to get us through the summer. I, I don't I don't hate it for that reason. But but uh, Texas is always a little too high. You know, OU is always one. Texas is always in the top five, no matter what. You know, you know who's been the most consistently overrated? You actually probably know the answer to this question. In the last uh, five years since the since the league went to 10 teams? has to be Texas. TCU. Overrated? TCU's been picked uh, worse than – or better than they actually finished. So they finished worse than they were picked four out of five years. Hmm. And the only And the only year it didn't happen – they were picked seventh, and they won the league. So TCU has been kind of a hard team to to nail down, and, and I, you would expect that with a new team coming into the conference. But I, I don't know, Carson. I, I think that you know we submitted a ballot, and we had Oklahoma State number one, and people are going to say you know that's a homer pick or whatever. But I feel like there's a legitimate case to be made the fact that OU has to go on the road. They they lost their head coach. They lost their top two running backs. They lost a lot, and OU has to play at Kansas State, at Oklahoma State. I, I just, I don't feel like it's the slam dunk preseason pick that it's been in maybe the last four or five years. No, I agree with that, and I, I even think as you just mentioned on paper, it's very easy to argue that OSU should be first, considering they get Oklahoma on their home field. Now, I think everyone's voting with history in the back of their head. They, you know, they can't get last year's Bedlam game out of their head. They still have Baker Mayfield, who just despite losing D.D. Westbrook last year in Bedlam, just marched up and down the field on, on Oklahoma State. But I I don't think it's a homer pick at all to pick OSU first, based on the schedule, based on where they get OU, and just based on how good they're going to be. They're going to be really, really good. So I don't I don't think that's far-fetched at all. But uh, I'm coming down there for Big 12 Media Days. Are you excited? I am. It's, it's at a new uh, venue this year. It's at the Star, this new facility the Cowboys have built. I'm, I'm I'm kind of scared, actually. I don't know. Like, Big 12 Media Days has been at the Omni since I've been doing it. So, I, like, I know that place like the back of my hand. Now I'm going to this foreign land that Jerry Jones built. I'm a little little skittish about where to go and everything. Yeah, it's going to be fun, though. I mean, Media Days is – is uh, it, it kind of is what you make it, right? Like, if you – it's like Summer League for, for NBA. If, if you read too much into <laughs> yeah. it, it's kind of – it kind of gets silly, but if you have fun with it, I, I, you know, like Gundy did last year with the mullet, I think it can be, uh, it can be pretty cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Are we going to play around of golf? We're going to try to. I've got the British Open next week. Ricky Fowler's going to win the British Open, by the way. My pick is already submitted. It's, it's you're not, in. You're not picking Rory. Stop. We're, we need to, we need to get to our guest. You want to get to okay. our guest? Let's do it. Okay, it's time for the Coupe Works guest of the week. Coupe Works brewing great tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. 
Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold coupe works like we did last weekend at our PFB Summit, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, we are having, you want to you reveal our guest, Carson? Why don't you do it? Okay, we're having uh, OSU head baseball coach Josh Holiday on. So we're going to talk to him about uh, the last season, kind of his time in Stillwater, and uh, what he's up to this summer. So let's give him a call. Hello. Coach Holiday? Yep. Hey, this is Kyle Porter with Pistols Firing, and I'm here with uh, Carson Cunningham. What's up, Josh? Oh, what's going on, fellas? How are you? We're good. We're good. Thanks for taking uh, a few good. minutes today. My pleasure. You bet. You bet. Fire away. What have, what have you been up to this summer? I, you know, we, we hear a lot about uh, other, you know, Mike Boynton and Mike Gundy and the recruiting they're doing and stuff like that. What does <laughs> what your summer look like? Because we don't hear a lot about what's going on with baseball. Well, it's been busy. Uh, it's been uh, been good. We've been uh, recruiting like crazy, which is what what you have to do this time of year. There's a lot of a lot of baseball going on. Whether it's our sport's unique because you have about uh, three or four classes that you're active in at one time. Whether it's 2021 identification, 2020 recruiting, 2019 recruiting. Uh, kind of pulling the 2018 class together, finishing it, and then uh, addressing your own current team prior to the arrival of, of the squad, you know, for the fall semester. So you're you're chasing a lot of different uh, needs and age brackets and, and, and kids and situations. And uh, just one day at a time, kind of working your way through that. And uh, getting on the road and evaluating players, hosting kids on campus, uh, welcoming our summer school guys here. Uh, the guys in the 2017 class that have reported for summer school are here and going to school. And so welcoming them and their families to campus, making sure they're enrolled, taken care of, moved in. It's a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a very dynamic time of year, and, and it's uh, a fun time of year. And... Uh, trying to continue to work with Coach Holder and school on raising money for the, the stadium and just trying to make OSU baseball better a little bit every single day you wake up. That's kind of that's kind of my summer. Josh, baseball recruiting to me seems like the hardest because obviously you don't just say, oh, these are the best players in high school. I'm going to go recruit them, and if they sign, they're coming to OSU. You have to weigh them joining the, the Major League Baseball draft or signing with the team. How do you weigh – getting the best players with guys you actually think will make it to Stillwater? Well, that is a, an excellent question. It's, uh, it's kind of the secret, I think, to what we do. Um, I think baseball recruiting is, is quite challenging for, for many reasons. I think football recruiting seems to me to be most troubling in that a, a school can have strong commitments from kids for a long time and other kid, other schools continue to recruit those players even though they're committed. So you often wonder, well, how in the world do you know if you have your needs met if the running back you're counting on is still being recruited and visiting? I guess you got to have two or three others lined up in case he changes his mind, right? Yeah. So in baseball recruiting, we haven't really hit – that point yet where we're actually recruiting each other's commitments 
But where ours does get tricky and different than, say, uh, hoops and football is uh, we're, a, we're a partial scholarship sport. So baseball recruiting, there are different levels of scholarship and financial aid available to each school. Uh, we all have 11.7 baseball scholarships per NCAA rules, but some schools have financial aid, which can go a long way in stretching a roster. Some schools have state-funded lottery lottery dollars where any in-state student with certain grade point averages qualifies for tuition. Uh, so some of the schools and states that have that have a huge advantage. And then you fact the, the what if of the major league draft per your question. And then how do you pick the right kids? Well, I think what you have to go for is, is always looking for program changing players, kids that have great ability or great makeup, great leadership, in rare cases, a little bit of everything. And then from there, you just have to cultivate a relationship and a belief system about education. Uh, where a player looks at coming to Oklahoma State for three years as a better place to invest in himself than taking the money out of high school and signing. Uh, sometimes you're able to accomplish that. Sometimes uh, a young man may decide professional baseball is right for him. But we're never going to pass up a chance to get an elite player, especially one in our home state. Now, getting them to school uh, sometimes can be a challenge. Um, but you can't turn down a chance to have a premier player from the state of Oklahoma. Now, with that being said, I think to, you know, to phrase it, I see in recruiting, like football recruiting, if you can get three- and four-star players and elevate them into five-star performers, I think you have a chance to have a great team. Uh, so in baseball, I think we want to target – three- and four-star talents that we can get here and then coach them and develop them into outstanding performers. If you rely too heavily upon a five-star recruit and they don't show up, then you can kind of be left empty-handed, right? So it's, uh, it's a little bit everything. There's, there's no one particular guiding force. If a kid's an amazing player and a poor student, he'd probably be tempted to sign. He, school's probably not his favorite thing in the world, right? But if he's a great player, maybe a tad undersized still, highly academic, um, he has a chance to come to college and physically mature and turn out to be you know, an All-American type player. So I think you're just trying to go case by case and you're trying to make good decisions. Um, but we've seen on television that the teams in Omaha and the teams that play for championships typically have a few horses at the front of the, the, front of the rotation and a couple guys in the middle of the order that – more than likely turn down pretty good money to go to college. So you have to be competitive in that area of recruiting if you're going to build a championship caliber team. Great player, poor student. You can mention your brother by name, Josh, if you want. <laughs> well, you know, in, you know, in Matt's case, long time ago, he, um, you know, he had a unique opportunity to play both sports in college. And for him, it just uh, – you know, what his heart was telling him at that time was, I don't want to try to play both. I want to focus on one. I want to focus on baseball right now. And if baseball doesn't work out, then I would come back later and focus on football, right? And so that was where he was at with things, you know, and that was where he was comfortable. And so back in 1998 or whatever it was, that was the, 
that was a choice he made, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's worked, it's worked out okay. Yeah, I'd say so. There was a really good story in Sports Illustrated about him and, and what could have been with, with football. I'm curious, <laughs> I'm curious, uh, Coach, about what, um, you know, if, if you look at all these guys, let's say you have 10 guys, they're exactly the same ability baseball-wise. Uh-huh. What non-baseball uh-huh. quality do you do you most like? What's the one thing you most value out, outside of the field? Um, you know, not not playing baseball, and and how do you how do you find out if those guys have it in such a short time of recruiting? Well, <clears throat> I think the thing you're looking to figure out if a kid has is you want to know if they have it. You know, do they have depth of personality? Are they are they motivated to be great? Are they are they inquisitive? Are they, uh, are they the kind of, the kind of young man that, you know, every time he, he gets offered a task or a challenge, he wants to master it. You know, is he, is he driven to be great at something? Um, is he focused? I mean, you know, when sometimes when you get around young people, when they have some unique qualities, they jump off the page. You just walk away from that encounter and say, man, that kid is, that's a neat kid. That guy's really different. He's got his act together. Yeah. He looks you in the eye. He listens to everything you're talking about. He asks questions. He's thoughtful. He's mature. Um, his parents, you know, the parents usually are a reflection of the way the kid's been raised. And normally the questions, and the way they handle themselves tells you a lot about what they've taught that kid to believe in. Uh, and then there's kids you meet that haven't gotten there yet. They're still young and developing uh, in terms of their mind and their outlook and their communication skills. So, I mean, if, if you if you took the great players that you you coached and you look back over twenty some odd years and said, what did all those guys have that allowed them to be great? Um, you probably get very similar responses, but all with maybe a subtle difference into their intensity or their focus or their confidence or their uh, their unwillingness to fail or or their desire to constantly learn. You know, something like that always seems to kind of come back. Uh, from the people that are around them. So, I mean, what you're trying to pick up on is, is you're trying to build a relationship to where when that kid's name pops up on your phone, you're looking forward to the conversation, you know, uh, you're trying to build a relationship to where when you call that kid and he sees your name, he wants to take your phone call. He wants to, he wants to connect. He, they share, you share the same beliefs, you know, to where now if that kid gets here, uh, you got a chance to make some real progress with him every day. So, Maybe it's just that like-mindedness, that that belief in in being the best and chasing excellence in school and in life and in baseball and and, and being part of a team. I mean, those are the things that that I get turned on when I meet kids that have those. You know, those are those are exciting character traits that have a chance to really shine on a college campus. We talked about your brother. You know, he's wearing the famous pinstripes now. Have you got a chance to go to Yankee Stadium and watch him? And do you hitting coach whenever he's done playing? Yeah, I haven't had a chance to go. It's been pretty hectic around here. I'm busy, but I'm I'm working all of July with the goal of, of being able to sneak up there for a little time in August before school starts. I, I don't want to miss a chance to see him wear that uniform and play in that stadium and and be a Yankee. You know, that's a it's a pretty cool life experience to grow up as a a fan of baseball and and then the Yankees is one of those two or three teams that probably everybody either loves or hates and then. My grandfather was a huge Yankee fan, and um, just really cool for Matt to be in that organization and to be playing with Aaron Judge. You know, he told me in spring training, so we had this kid, Aaron Judge, he said, you wouldn't believe this guy. I said, really? How, how good is he? He said he's 
freakish good. He said he does things I've never seen anybody do before. And uh, so he saw it right away. I mean, he saw the the amazing athleticism and power, and he raved about him as a kid, too. He said he's an amazing guy. He goes, this kid really has his life together, and said he's awesome, you know. And sure enough, after the first half of the season, he's he's showing baseball that there's other other exciting young stars. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to sneaking up there to see him and hopefully get a chance to watch up close and learn a little bit and pick up on some things they do with their team and, you know, look at the history and the way they document their history, the way they celebrate what it is to be a Yankee. I think that's always a, an awesome thing to go and learn and borrow from, from traditions and, you know, come back home and try to see how we can continue to build our traditions, you know, and, and just capture and celebrate all the, all the great history. We have a lot of history here that's similar in my opinion with Robin and Pete. I mean, that's like DiMaggio and, and Babe Ruth, you know, I mean, when you start looking at the history of sports, we have the two greatest hitters to ever play college baseball. And, uh, so yeah, I just, I just get a kick out of, you know, just seeing what, what makes some of these, you know, world renowned organizations tick. And I don't know what Matt will do when he's done playing. I know he's got four little kids that, uh, he loves spending his time with They're 13 and 10, seven and three, I believe. So, He's full-time dad, uh, you know, when he's not playing baseball. And But Matt, Matt's always loved it here. You know, he, he and his wife, Leslie, she's from Chickasha. And, you know, this has always been home for us in terms of where we were raised and, and the people that we, we grew up with. So we'll see. I'd love to. I'd love to be able to share the next phase of life with him if that's something he, you know, want to do. But you never know what, uh, never know what you know, what guys are going to get into when they're done playing. There's a. Hopefully, a few more years left for him. I think he's still enjoying playing quite a bit. Coach, you mentioned Aaron Judge. Uh, I, I'm curious. We asked we asked uh, Coach Mike Boynton this a couple of weeks ago about who's the best uh-huh. player uh, he's ever played with or coached or kind of the best guy who's ever seen. Who who is that for you? Mm. Oh, he's, wow! He said well. he said Steph Curry. So you've got a you got a big one to Jeez, uh, yeah. <laughs> well. I coached I coached Matt Weeders at uh, Georgia Tech. Yeah. And he was a very unique player, very gifted kid. Uh, we had uh, some pretty gifted players at Arizona State, Mike Leake and Jason Kipnis, both major leaguers. Um, you know, when you coach, <laughs> if I went back to when I played, um, and I didn't play pro ball that long, I only played for a couple of years, but but I, I stared across the field at some guys that went on to be successful. Uh, probably the one player, though, as a pro that was the most shocking was Josh Hamilton. Um, I saw him in his first year when he was fresh out of high school and well before any of his challenges, and, and that was a, a player that you didn't see don a baseball field very often. I mean, <clears throat> size 19 shoes and uh, gigantic specimen, amazing arm, crazy power great hitter, you know, huge human being, just one of those kids that you're looking at going, man, I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> um, and uh, obviously, remarkable enough athlete to, you know, basically be out of baseball for two or three, four years, whatever it was, battling addiction and make it back and, and have an amazing career for a while there. So he was pretty remarkable guy to, to actually see on the field. Um, you know, in terms of coaching, 
and we've had a unique opportunity to, to watch a lot of great players across the way. Um, and really it's fun because when you get done playing against them, they, they seem to set a standard for you where you say that's one of the best college pitchers I've ever seen, or that's one of the best college hitters, you know, we've ever faced. But, uh, I know Garrett Cole in college was, was pretty dominant. He was one of the first college pitchers I've ever seen actually throw a hundred miles an hour in a college game. I'd never seen that before until him. And, uh, that was one of those nights in LA that you remember you just get beat one to nothing. And the guy pitching against just striking you out every other at bat. Um, <laughs> But I think probably, you know, the most majestic figures for me were Robin and Pete. Yeah. I mean, if, if people can really remember back to that time, um, Pete hit a home run almost every time he went to home plate. I mean, the whole crowd would start chanting his name, and the little kids would run behind the fence. And, I mean, it was it was car- cartoon character-like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Robin was – I mean, he got a hit from 58 straight games. I mean, it was just – it was one of those things where you couldn't wait to go to the game and, and keep counting it down, you know? So those were the things that I probably remember most about being just a little bit in awe, so to speak of, of an athlete that you watched perform or played against or coached. But I don't know when you coach, I mean, Mike Freeman may have had one of the, the more remarkable years in coaching a couple of years ago. I mean, Mike was a first team all American and watching him pitch the last six to eight weeks was incredibly dominant you look yeah. at how he pitched you know he threw a no hitter for six seven innings almost every time out and uh brendan mccurry a couple years before that was one of the best closers i've ever seen in college baseball you know it was pretty much season over you know game over every time brendan came in so you know since we've been back here there's been some really fun kids to watch you know prior to that there's been some great players at different places and uh, that'd be my recollection. I don't know that I could just put my thumb on one singular person, um, but Coach Boyden's probably, you know, if he if he got a chance to hang around Steph Curry, then uh, it'd be hard to argue that one. Well, he had, he had <laughs> to coach against him, which I don't think was uh, was all that fun. But I'm yeah. I'm, I'm like you. I grew up going to the to the Oklahoma State games. Ray Ortiz used to throw me his wristbands <laughs> when he was playing. He was yeah. playing left field. Yeah. You know, Mitchell Simon, uh, Monty Ferris, yep. Jeremy Burnett, all these guys. I just kind of idolized as a kid and and it's you know it's fun to see a little um a little taste of that with with you being back uh, as as the coach of Oklahoma State and and trying to trying to get the the program to to where it was then in the 80s and 90s well you know we've had such a unique history here with with great players great teams uh we've obviously had some some great coaches and we had a run of success there in the eighties and nineties that you spoke on with that were uh record setting. I mean, to win our conference sixteen years in a row in the big eight was was uh unheard of. Yeah. And the trips to Omaha were unheard of and, and uh, the types of players. They were you know, those were really special, uh, unique times that when you're sitting there watching it or going through it, people probably didn't realize how special that was. But when you look at trying to recreate runs like that or recreate consistency like that. I think you also have to look at, you know, what's changed since then. What's the, what's the difference in our environment? You know, what are the things that we're facing now that, that have made this, this era of college baseball a different era. And um, that's an interesting, you know, thing to look at as well. It's different. It's another level to get to Omaha. Used to, you go from a six team, regional to to the world series yeah. now you got a four-team tournament then you have to get through a super regional and those 
super regionals are very tough, especially when you have to go on the road. Um, you know, you just look at the, the parody in college baseball. You look at the, the programs that used to not even exist that are now contending for championships. And so, you know, our vision and my goal for, for us is to continue to be great and, and be great once again for a long time in a, in a different time uh, where Big 12 baseball is very good and, and where college baseball, if you look across the country, is kind of taking on a little bit of a, a little bit of a revolution. You know, there's some amazing facilities there's some huge crowds and there's a lot of television exposure and there's some, there's some real growth in college baseball that, um, that we're trying to stay up with. So those are good times and we hope there's great times in front of us. Josh, do you have any update on the, uh, on the baseball stadium? Speaking of facilities? Yeah, we're, I'm really excited. I, I think we've made some great progress in the last month and, uh, Coach Holders continued to work so hard for us to, you know, when you're, when you're talking about a project of this size, it's a big project. It's, it's not just a baseball field. You know, it's a, it's a big time stadium. It's got other elements on it and uh, it's going to take up a lot of space and it's a big project. And to be pulling that off uh, simultaneously to what's going on with soccer is exciting. Uh, excited for the soccer program with that, that stadium going up. So I feel like, we've made more progress in the last month than we've, you know, probably made at any point. And I think it's just because of the work that's been put in. So I, uh, I'm excited for, you know, that project to hopefully come into an action plan here pretty soon. And, and I just appreciate the work that coach Holder and his staff, you know, the guys up there that have, have worked so hard to bring people up to speed on the project and ask them to help us with it and share that vision of what a, you know, what a world-class baseball stadium could do for us and how it would fit here with Boone Pickens Stadium and Greenwood Center and gallagher Ibe and all these amazing facilities right here on this block, uh, the Sherman Smith Center. I mean, you just look at this one street corner, and we got some pretty awesome places here, you know. So I think when the time is right, Coach will he'll let people know. Um, but we're, we're very active right now with the project, very active, and I feel really good about it. And when we get to that point, I'll be thrilled to – talk in greater detail with you i think we got one more each coach My, mine is you know you, you had two very different years in 2016 and 2017 you know 16 obviously you make it to omaha it's you know everybody's feeling great about everything 17 is more challenging but you do end up winning the big 12 tournament i'm curious about for you as a coach which one is more rewarding if you can differentiate between the two well you know, it's such an amazing thing. The the, the group that they took us to Omaha, that, that group was that was such a, a a unique group. They were so close, and uh, we were very well constructed. You know, we were we were kind of on schedule, so to speak, if you will. Right? We had some veteran players that had played a lot of baseball here that were amazingly loyal and committed here, that were passionate about playing here. The newcomers we brought in fit in perfectly you look at what jr davis did that year garrett Benge, colin Thoreau. those kids were you know it was like peanut butter and jelly man that was just the most perfect blend of new people returning people confidence culture uh experience and 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 you just felt in that locker room like hey no matter what happens to us we're going to be fine because these kids get it yeah. they get it and, yeah. and we're going to we're going to be good and um so those kids gave us an amazing run and it isn't as if it was easy. Um, you know, we had our ups and downs that year as well, but 
we ultimately found ourselves in the end and, and played played up to the brink. You know, we were a game away from playing for a national championship. Last year's team was just a different makeup. I mean, we had a lot of young players. We had a lot of first-year players. We had some, some quality veteran kids. Um, we lost a couple of key players early. At no point in the season did we ever have our pitching staff in its entirety healthy. Right. Had we done that, you know, it might have been a different look. But when you take three of your top five pitchers out of the mix for extended periods of time in any competitive season, you might find it an uphill climb. And uh, we just lost some tough one-run games that kind of put us in a little bit of a funk, a little bit of a slide, and then um, it got tough. We were breaking a lot of young players in. Uh, we had some veteran players that were fighting through it too. And as a coach, you just kind of hold on. And um, I give this year's team a ton of credit for probably displaying more toughness and resiliency uh, than any group I've ever been around because – they could have easily, easily, easily rolled over, and uh, they didn't. And the result was a conference championship, which we've only won that tournament one other time in our history. So they gave us a lot to be proud of. And the joy of winning that tournament was every bit as overwhelming and um, awesome as going to the World Series the year before. It had that amount of emotion because of how far we had to come. So yeah. I'm super proud of both groups. I'm super appreciative of – of the effort, the leadership, kids like Buffett and Cobb who came back to school, kids like Sluter and Dustin Williams who led down the stretch. Uh, they provided good examples for the young players, which I think we have quality young players in the program. And they made our fans proud. I mean, we, got to, we got to stand up on a Sunday as Big 12 champions. And uh, we were very competitive in our regional. We got, got hit on a walk-off homer. Otherwise, we're in the winner's bracket with a chance to, to try to upset the Hogs over there. So... They were both rewarding seasons. Uh, one season I slept a whole lot more than the other, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. It's, it's part of the process, and I'm never going to, you know, as I've told some folks, I'm never going to be apologetic when a group of kids wins a championship. Um, I had some people express to me how painful they felt like it was to watch at times, and I said, well, I hope in the end it was rewarding for you because uh, we're not entitled to championships. Yeah. There's there's nothing about what we do that says you're entitled to this. This is going to just happen for you. You have to earn it. And I believe that's, um, I believe that's very true. And so I'm proud of the fact that we earned it. And I'm, I'm appreciative of the people that stuck by the kids and, and gave us that uh, sellout crowd that Sunday to, to give it back to them, you know. And moving forward, those type of crowds and that type of support is critical because – uh, that creates an environment and an energy that makes your team play better. And so I uh, I greatly appreciate the folks that help pull us up at the end and help us find our best. Yeah, that's awesome, Josh. Last question for you, very important one. You know, every week on this podcast, we do a uniform review presented by Chris's University uh, Spirit. Uh, more than Omaha, more than the Big 12 tournament win, I think the best thing you've ever done <laughs> is make OSU's baseball uniforms great again. That seemed to be a big priority for you, and just uh, how were you able yeah. to make the uniforms great so fast upon getting back to Stillwater? <clears throat> Took some pictures from the 1980s and said, <laughs> I, "Do that." <laughs> when I think, when I think of, when I think of Oklahoma State baseball, and when I want kids to think of Oklahoma State baseball in the future, I want them to think of tradition, strength, simplicity, power. 
uh, and I want it to be something that you can't wait to put on your chest. And and so those uniforms that that we wore for many years with the Oklahoma State inside the bat, I think they they stand for tradition. It's symbolic. People know who that is when they see it. Uh, we got amazing colors when you look at you know our uniforms on a baseball field. It doesn't look much better than orange and black. Yeah. And I thought the interlocking OS on our hat was was a symbol of of strength and tradition and pride that that um, was also uh, known across the country. You know, those were the those were the symbols and looks that I thought stood for tradition and excellence. And and uh, Nike's done an awesome job of continuing to make our uniforms current and stay up with the new trends. And we get four brand new uniforms this year. This will be our first line of uniforms since we got here. And uh, they'll also be very traditional, but but up to speed and new fibers, new fabrics, uh, things that the players and the, and, the, and the fans will enjoy seeing. Players love to wear, you know, new stuff and feel good wearing it. And, and I think the fans will love how they look. It, it'll stay very true to our traditions and keep us current at the same time, which is so important in recruiting. So, uh, yeah, just want to look like a baseball team. We want people to see us take the field and say, God, those guys look good in those uniforms, and they play even better. And uh, so we just try to keep it, keep it traditional, but at the same time realize that the modern-day athlete, uh, that's, that's, how they, you know, that's how they judge themselves, man. They like to look in the mirror and feel good about it. So we, uh, we're lucky to have a part, like, part, partner like Nike, I can tell you that. Nike and that swoosh are a pretty big deal when it comes to recruiting and putting your kids in nice stuff. Yeah. I about broke my neck nodding up and down as you were talking the entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? We've got great equipment guys here. The guys that take care of our equipment here, they're awesome. They, they love Oklahoma State. You know, Chief was here until sliding over into facilities and all the guys that are still in the you know, equipment room, those guys, they care. You know, they, they do an awesome job. Yeah, yeah, they certainly do. Uh, well, Coach, we appreciate your time. We've taken up a ton of it, but uh... – yeah, it was, no great. it was great to talk to you and uh, wish you the best of luck with recruiting and everything this summer. Okay, fellas. Nice talking to you, too. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Josh. All right. See you later. Whew, four new... shout, out, shout out to Nike. Four, yeah, four new uniforms. I mean, we broke news there just now. Well, I, I, I wanted to I, – I, I was going through – I couldn't Google it fast enough. I was going through all of them in my head. Do they do they already have a, a cursive one, or or do you think that's one they're going to add? Well, in? they have the. Uh, I assume he's talking about all the different colors. You know, they have yeah. the they have the the San Francisco Giants looking one. They have obviously white, black, and orange of the regular one. The the Giants one that, might, that would be that would be four. I think the Giants one might be secretly my my favorite one. Oh, it's not secret. You you've made that well known. It's so good. It's really good, but the bat, the one in the bat makes for the best, uh, makes for the best t-shirt. I think, um, before we get to, to talking about that interview, what kind of coop do you think, uh, Josh Holiday likes to, likes to consume? Oh man. I, I think he's an Oktoberfest guy. Cause it comes in an orange can. <laughs> he, he is as OSU as they get. He is still watered through and through. I, I looked this up. He's actually the first, uh, OSU baseball player to become the head coach. So yeah. he's, He's the first of that. So I think Oktoberfest, right? Those are those are coming back yeah. uh, pretty soon here in the fall. So I'm going Oktoberfest. I like that. I, I think that's good. I think he might be in the summer. Since we're staying seasonal, I think he might be 
potentially a, a Saturday siren guy in the summer. That's a that's a new one that Coop has. It's not new, but it's seasonal. And we had it at, at our summit, and it was delicious. So yeah, I, I think he, he he seems like a like a trendy seasonal type guy. He seems like he could go with whatever you throw him. You know, like a, he goes on a recruiting trip, and mom and dad open the fridge, and say, "What do you want, Josh?" I think he, he would. He would probably survey it, very studied. He could, he could probably eye which one is their favorite, and you could pick that just yeah. so he could get the kid to come to Stillwater. So that's what I think he would do. I mean, the, the, it's 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 amazing to listen to him talk. I'm just kind of sitting here. I, I forget that I'm doing the interview because I'm just sitting here listening. But to hear him talk about I – could, I could listen to him talk about people all day, I think. He, you know, just talking about – he said the, the phrase depth of personality and like just all this different stuff. And I thought his litmus test for, for uh, recruits was so good. Like when their name comes up on your, on your phone, do you look forward to talking to them? That's a, that's a great litmus test in, in life and in baseball, whatever. Um, he's just, I don't know. He's a, he's a really interesting guy, fun to talk to. And uh, yeah, I'm glad he came on our podcast. No, it was awesome. I mean, I could have gone another hour with him. And uh, I, I could hear your tone change a little, Kyle, whenever he started talking about Incavilia and Ventura and yeah. the old days. Uh, I remember uh, 30 for 30 did a thing on Mississippi State with Palmero and Will Clark. Yeah, Thunder and, and, and they get Right. And they did like a quick like mention of Incavilia and just showed him for a little bit. And like... As I was watching, I was like, they could do an entire thirty for thirty on those OSU baseball teams. They they were they, like as he, as he said, they were like cartoon characters almost. Almost. You, you so. could do you could do an entire thirty for thirty on Ancavilia. I mean, he was just a. He, he, I think he I think he invented the the Gundy mullet. Maybe. Like, didn't he? Didn't <laughs> yeah, I think he did. He had like I don't know if it was a mullet, but he had longer. I mean, he was just a he was a freak. He was so good, and you know, it, it was funny to hear to hear uh, Coach Holiday reference Incavilia and Ventura as kind of the, the, I think he said DiMaggio and Babe Ruth of, of college, but it's really true. Like, I think we get into like this little bubble of like, Oh, Barry Sanders is the best college football player ever. And Oklahoma state might've had the best college baseball player ever. But if you look nationally, it's, it's kind of true, you know, like it, and, and it's, it's crazy to think about that, that one school might've had the best player in two different sports. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> It's not far-fetched at all to call them the DiMaggio and Babe Ruth of college baseball. That's yeah. what they are. Yeah. The hitting streak that Ventura had and all the home runs that Incavilia had, it's it's totally true. And uh, it's it's been anything what Josh has done is is just get the pride back in the program. Kind of like it was similar to basketball. I think the baseball mm-hmm. program and the, ba- and the basketball program are very similar. They both started to kind of take a dip at the same time. And there was just a loss of pride there. I thought Underwood did a really good job bringing that back. And obviously Holiday has just been a, a, a smashing success since he got to Stillwater. And just how much thought he put into the uniforms was spectacular. Yeah, let great. alone let alone all the thought he obviously puts into recruiting and everything else. But uh, well, and, and you know he he said it, but he wakes up every day, and and this is his job. Um, but he it's clear that he enjoys it. But he wakes up every day thinking about how to make Oklahoma State baseball a little bit better and. It's clear that he is uh, he is intent on doing that. He's got a good formula, I think, for doing that. Um, and you're going to have your one-off years, you know, like last year, where you you don't you don't perform, people get hurt, you've got a young team or whatever. But I think on the whole, in the long term, I, I think that uh, I don't know. I think he could be the coach there for for a really long time. I'll never forget Carson. His 
opening press conference. I don't know if you were there. It was in the summer, I believe, and uh, or maybe in May, something like that. I was at this old house. I had a day off or something, and we were outside swimming, and I went inside to watch it, and I was like, this, guy, this guy's unbelievable. Like, can he become the athletic director next week? <laughs> it was just <laughs> – it was uh, startling because you you knew of him. Obviously, he played there, and you knew about uh, you know his dad Tom being the coach there, and and all this different stuff. But I had never you know heard him speak or talk like that. So uh, I don't know. That was a that was a really uh, it was a really cool thing, and and he's followed through on uh, on all of that, and and made Oklahoma State baseball uh, you know a, a force again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see next year uh, what he can do. Obviously, he talked a lot about um, this past year and how much of a struggle it was. But uh, baseball is very hit and miss to me, Kyle, as far as just recruiting. It seems like the team that gets hot at the right time tends to win in Omaha. So it's, I think it's much more of a crapshoot than, say, college football. So it'll be interesting to see how, how next season plays out. But yeah. he's... He's awesome, and I obviously appreciate him coming on the podcast. Well, and, and they need to have a good year, you know, coming off the year that and, – and, I mean, obviously he would he would tell you that as well. But coming off the year they had, that was a that was a big-time disappointment. And you, you have to have this – and this is what Gundy has been so good at, right, is you have to have – well, for Gundy, you have your one-off year in, in 2014 or whatever, but having this sustained level of success for a decade, it's hard – it's really hard, um, but – I think that both those coaches are, are capable of doing it. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm excited. It's it's fun for Oklahoma State baseball. It's fun for all Oklahoma State sports to be good because it's good for my website. But uh, I, I have a special affinity, obviously, for, for Oklahoma State baseball. Are you ready for Matt Holiday to be the hitting coach? Oh, my. In a few years? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like that a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I don't I, know if he'd do that. He's probably just going to sit at home with the kids and, and be rich. But... <laughs> It's, it, it did seem like I, I kind of said that as a joke, but like Josh actually sounded like he might consider doing that just <laughs> yeah. to, so they can hang out more. Maybe you can take credit for it when in, he gets named the hitting coach in 2024. I, I can I can present him at the introductory press conference. Yeah, get some get some Nike gear from him. Um, okay, we're gonna come back and wrap up, but let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, any lingering thoughts from, uh, from, from the Josh Holiday interview? Anything else that you want to, uh, to discuss? Well, it just sounds like the stadium is getting closer and closer. I think that'll be, that'll, I think, really when Josh can really kind of take the program to another level because he's competing against... Um, you know, the SEC, who has just these gargantuan baseball facilities. So I think uh, that was interesting. It sounded like they're they're getting closer and closer to a baseball stadium. Yeah. I know. I feel like we've been hearing that for like eight years, though. <laughs> so I feel like that's one of those things. I have heard some like behind-the-scenes stuff that they have the money, essentially, and they're just 
waiting for like they're just waiting to present like what the plan is now i, I don't know <laughs> they're waiting for travis ford's contract to end finally yeah, exactly i don't know how much of that is, I, don't, I don't know how true that is that's kind of that's not i'm not presenting that as like factual i've just i'm just saying i've heard uh rumors from from people who know things that the money is is potentially there if not all of it then some or most of it so i don't know we'll see they do need that though they have i don't i, did, I don't know all the other facilities in the big 12 but i know theirs are, are pretty bad they were bad when i was there which was in 05 and they haven't gotten they've gotten a little better but they haven't gotten a ton better so uh, yeah it's, ex- it's something exciting to look forward to and like you said it'll help out with recruiting so you're picking uh ricky fowler to win the british oh yeah yeah, lock it in, Ricky Fowler. Why are you so, why are you why are you so confident? Yeah, he's just been playing great this year. You know, and he, he played well at the Scottish Open today. I, I wanted to see at least one or two good rounds out of him there. I don't care if he wins it, but he just is such a. I know I talk about it all the time, but his ball flight for links style courses is is uh, perfect, and he's such a great bad weather player. I I just I don't know. I don't know if he'll win it, but he's going to be my pick, and I think that he'll at least contend. I need to work on my ball flight before we play. <laughs> my golf game's been struggling lately. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been like Rory on on Thursday lately. We, uh, God, you just, you just keep just prodding at that. Um, <laughs> we played Lakeside on Friday. Me and Kyle Boone and uh, Stephen Mandeville. Lakeside, man, that brings me back to college, dude. It is in. Tr- Shout out to Lakeside. Maybe they can sponsor the podcast, but it's in tremendous condition. I mean, yeah. it was, yeah, it was outstanding. It, it, I remember it being like, okay, when I was in college, but it, it was, was Aaron Hills. Like, Oh, it was, it was awesome. It was really good. And, uh, we had, we had a lot of fun last weekend was, was a ton of fun. We, we actually, uh, filmed some videos with, uh, all the writers that we're going to start uh, releasing over the next uh, few weeks. I got to edit a few of them, but um, yeah, we, we had some fun with it and uh, yeah, excited like, about like, uh, like videos of you guys ramping golf carts over bunkers or what, what type no, of videos are we no, talking about here? Just interviewing guys about uh, kind of their role at PFB and, and what they're Oh, okay, cool. About. Yeah. So just, just getting be, to know the writers better. Be good to uh, put a face with the, the byline. That'll yeah, be good. Develop some, develop some personalities. We got we got uh, an intern. How many Kyles do we have? I, well, we lost Kyle Fredrickson to Colorado, but okay, yeah. Somebody said on Twitter that was the only Kyle we couldn't retain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we we got an intern we're bringing on. Um, potentially a few other announcements over the next couple of weeks. Taking contributions that's been a, a resounding success so far. So I don't know. I'm fired up about the future of the blog, Carson. Me too, man. It's, yeah. it's exciting times, and uh, should be a fun football season coming up soon. So, I'll see you down in Dallas for Big, Big Twelve Media Days. We'll have to uh, develop some hashtag content while we're down there. <laughs> we will be uh, we will be hashtagging all over the place. It should be fun. Are, are we going to do like a, a Facebook Live with Gundy? We should. We should. We should just stick it. Just just take the phone out, put it up, you know, on his mullet, and just not let him leave, and just start just start streaming. Yep. Just start, I'm down. Just start asking him snake questions and yeah, it'll, uh, we'll figure something out. We'll have some fun with it, but, uh, yeah, we will talk to you, I guess next week at big 12 media days. Sounds good, man. Okay. Talk to you later.